0: How are you guys doing, Shinemaji family? This is Mark Karaki, your host. This week, we had the pleasure of hosting the well-traveled, super-experienced, no-nonsense, Louis Majanja, co-founder and chief product officer at M Survey. As you will hear on this episode, Louis is a well-traveled tech practitioner with wide-ranging experience from machining to building his own social media platform before Facebook. Yeah, you heard that right. This is a gentleman I consider a treasure for the Silicon Savannah ecosystem. And we at Impact Africa Network are super glad to call him a friend and an ally. With Lewis driving product strategy, it is no wonder M-Survey is on its way to doing big things on the continent. Enjoy this eye-opening episode. Hello, everybody. This is the Chini Imagi Podcast with Impact Africa Network. Uh, this week, we have the pleasure of hosting an awesome, uh, I guess, tinkerer, practitioner, professional <laughs> startup startup. Uh, uh, startup dude. Um, yeah, Louis yeah. Majanja, who's the chief product officer at M-Survey. Yeah. So, you're the second M-Survey guest we've heard. I guess yeah. you guys, I'm, I'm, I, have a, I'm, I have a bias towards M-Survey. I'm a big fan of, of your whole team and what you guys are doing. So, yeah. you're the first startup that has had two people on the podcast. Oh, okay. So, there you go. Um, but yeah, Louis Majanja. Um, You're somebody I I respect, somebody who I definitely think is super smart and uh, very capable. We have a similar background in terms of just, you know, growing up in Kenya and going to spend some years in a similar geography and then making the move back. So so that ties us together again. But anyway, um, I guess why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about, you know, your background and how you ended up, you know, I, I guess start with, you know, where you grew up,
1: and uh, your journey into so uh um, life. I I'm from Nairobi, you know. Nairobi kid. Born and raised here in yeah. Nairobi. Uh went to government schools. And which school
0: did you go to by
1: the way? I, I'm trying to I'm trying to pinpoint just, which kind of school you just went to. Just government schools. <laughs> <laughs> good enough. Started off with city council and yeah. And yeah, government schools throughout and then uh then um which were great, and I think a great experience, great grounding, and f- understanding the world and you know interaction with different types of people, and people from different backgrounds. Then uh, moved to the U.S. Uh, in the ni- early 90s. I think there was a lot of turmoil at that time in the country, and a lot of people were looking for alternatives to see you know it was not. I don't think at that time yes everybody said they were going to university mm-hmm. but that was just a channel to like hey how can we get out there get out you know and i'm sure people and I, i'm sure the the parents who were sending their children were hedging hey let's put somebody out there who can probably pull the family up need be me. <laughs> uh get a job and you know subsidize or keep things going while you know we're in this other sort of struggle out here so So I was part of that era of people trying to, you know, find a way. Uh, And
0: in the '90s, those are those. I feel. I feel like the '90s had a massive
1: uh, move in that direction. Massive immigration. But you know, it's funny because I I remember in the '90s, you know, I obviously moved and other people, and I also met somebody who told me like, "What do you mean?" Life was good, man. I had money. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> really? So a lot of the struggles are individual. I think everybody's struggling; You just don't know other people who. Are. No, but
0: I, I think I, no, there's, there's systemic, and then there's individual. But yeah. I, I think those are those are the
1: exception, not the yeah. rule. I mean, that's the rule true. was that's true. People wanna have you. But happy. I, I just still remember meeting somebody telling me, "What? Yeah. You murdered me because life was good? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good for you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was part of that era of people. Uh, moving and then obviously with the US and you know these things processes and all that people do but in terms of career college I I sort of I mean you know in the US depending on situations you start of at community college it is and that's that's really where I started so, so where did you end up in the States? I ended up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Jesus Christ. Albuquerque, okay. New Mexico. Is a, New Mexico is a beautiful state. Very. Uh, as scenic Kenyan, right. As a Kenyan it's actually shocking when you go there because uh, the first thing you encounter is Adobe's uh, and Adobe Adobe Tree. Adobe houses. Houses. Adobe architecture. Hats? Which is what? Adobe is mud, but it's yeah. not mud, mud, but it's you know, round architecture. You know, so in your mind you know, you know, when moving to America, I'm going to this place where there's skyscrapers, New York, you no know, that's what comes yeah. to mind. <laughs> then you go to this city which Half the city is Adobe. Adobe. Uh, Interesting. Which city Adobe? is It's Albuquerque. Albuquerque. You know, okay. Adobe right. structures. And, you know, you're kind of confused. It's like, man, I didn't know America. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Adobe. It's beautiful. It's nice. But it does not, it's visually, does it's not much what you thought America was. Yeah. You know? But it was a great place. Uh, I, you know, I went to a community college. I've and, always, I've always associated New Mexico with that Breaking Bad show. Yeah, I mean, I, I what that shot is specifically because I could see places that were familiar. We're familiar with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but the, the thing about New Mexico too was, uh, I mean, if you look at the whole tech era, I mean, it didn't, it, tech in America keeps on evolving. Mm. And there are many eras. And if you think about the PC era, it was also the semiconductor era. Right, right. So that's when uh, all the big companies there, the Intels, were building these large farms. So mm-hmm. Albuquerque was the center of that whole uh is that, Isn't Neonatism. that crazy? I, th- I think also Bill Gates started his yeah, yeah, Microsoft yeah, in yeah, New yeah, Mexico, right? Yeah. Which is nuts when you think about it yeah. right now. And then also if you think about tech in, in the US, a lot of it kind of originated in these research labs. So Albuquerque, yeah. there's uh, Sandia National Lab, and then there's also Los Alamos. Ah, So, Los Alamos, I guess, is where they came up with the first nuclear bomb. But there's Los Alamos. So, there's a huge community of of, of, scientific research, research, scientists, and tech over there. But there's also a huge disparity in in terms of who has access and who doesn't have access. So, um, yeah, so typically in the US, you know, as immigrants, you're working and going to school. And I actually, my first real, real I mean, these small small jobs there, but my first real job was I was a machinist. Okay. I used to uh, basically machinist is you, know, you work in a manufacturing operation, and when something breaks down, it's not like you can go buy a spare. You have to build it. You have to create it yourself. You have to create it. So that was that was my job, you know. So what what type of I guess things would you guys create tractor? Parts no, the the, or the, what? the company I was working for was a pen manufacturing. Pen. Pen. Manfred okay, wow. Assembling pens. Ah. Yeah. So, and a lot of, also if you think about industry in, in, in the US, uh, for a long time a lot of, uh, most of it had a, a legacy from Second World War, mm. where a lot of industry was targeted towards building the war, the war machines, effort, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then after that they were repurposing Retrofit, a lot of yeah that machine for civilian uses okay so you'd find a lot of old machinery that had been repurposed mm. you know so again that comes in that you need people who can they not spare parts mm. you can go on the shelf and buy you have to you have to, to make those <laughs> things so how did you get this job this is a very interesting um again um so i i went to the u.s when i was a teenager and you know The kind of work that you do, I mean everybody starts working very early in the U.S. Mm. So 16, 17, 18 year olds, you work at McDonald's or you all sucking groceries, you know, like when people shop, you know. Bagging um, groceries. And uh, what happened was that because, and most of the people who were doing that work are they they just they do that work just to have extra money to spend. I needed the money to live. to live. So what I would do is I would get a lot of hours from other people so I could accumulate my time. Right. So you could. Yeah. And so I, I'd work. I'd find. I'd work the old hours like the morning shift. And then one day I, I think there was after a while you get to know people and you know hey you seem to be here every very early so you get talking with your shopping with the shopping cart and say yeah. You know I have school, so I have work my time, and you know oh great, so I started talking and say, "Oh, I own this factory where we manufacture pens, and uh, we're always looking for people. Why don't you come by and got there and to the family on business, and we instantly got a rapport, and they brought me on board. nice actually i I eventually ended up running a lot of the manufacturing operations and actually helped move that factory from you know. But in between that, I was a machinist. One of the things that we're doing with, with machines was doing, uh, they have this PLC pro- programmable logic controllers and trying to automate some of the machinery. So I started getting into the the, 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 the programming and trying to see how yeah, this thing works. Exactly, yeah. um, in addition to that, what used to happen was that, I mean, the, the U.S. government and the big, like Walmart, and if you're selling to those uh, they, have, they already had an EDI system, electronic data interchange. Mm-hmm. You know, so you need all their orders are like electronic. Like if you're going, you're going to be a vendor for a Walmart you be or ready for Target yeah. or yeah. any of those big companies, or even the US government, they first say, hey, these are the prerequisites, some of which are, do you have this EDI software? Mm-hmm. The way that used to work was that because the software was so expensive, you used to have to subscribe to a system or an aggregator that your system communicates to in order to, to check and place orders. Now that company was small, so we decided to build our own. Now, To, to build the, your own connector? Yeah, to, inter- it was a connector? Yeah, connector. Now if you think about how the internet was working at the time, was, right. was people used to have bulletin board systems, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. essentially it was a terminal. That you use to connect a remote terminal to connect to the internet. Mm-hmm. And the internet was, was uh, text. Yeah, text yeah. heavy. Yeah, so it, was it was all it was hypertext like, uh, and Not stuff. even, no, it was a terminal, like, you know, you know the command shell. Mm-hmm. You know, you click something and you get a menu. You say, hey, I want to download games. Click on that link, it takes you to the link then you can click, and, and there are all these things. You could chat, you could do all these things. But yeah, it was yeah. all command line, there was no browser. Right. They, there were some browsers, but they're not like their browser today, yeah. you know. Um, so we had to build that, and we, we had to And also, at that time, Linux was still very, very new. Dominant, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, It wasn't, even it wasn't dominant. dominant. That was for hackers. There was, <laughs> hackers. That was some people like, you got to be- it's Like, blockchain like right now? Yeah, you gotta be like. Uh, coming back, I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. These guys are, you know, engineers. They have, they work at the research labs. You know, so you find, and then the, obviously, uh, the se- semiconductor. You know, I know Philips had a semiconductor facility. Intel had a f- semiconductor facility. Uh, Those companies which have gone out of business, DEC all those hard fabs in so even the community college I was going to, their major my major was electronics. Okay. Electronics to, engineering. To, to, to field, because Madan's yeah. feeding the pipeline for the people yeah. going to work. Yeah. In the in the fabs. Isn't that
0: interesting how in this in the in the States at least mm-hmm. eh, the universities and the education system is kind of downstream to the industry that's dominant in that particular city. Right? Yeah. I find that so practical and awesome. Yeah. But if you compare with our own situation over yeah. here, we still haven't figured that part out. Maybe because we don't have... A, maybe, we, oh, you know what we have? Oh. We have that uh, that banking institution over there on Thicker Road. Yeah. What's, it, what's that thing called? Um, Kenya Institute of Kenya, Monetary Kenya, Studies.
1: Yeah. Right? There, there are many of those. I, I think there just needs to be a lot of... Uh, if I, People, the word people use now is intentional. There's no intentional effort in terms of these things. It's almost, I think in Kenya, we are very, I think there's a lot Reactive, of luck. Reactive, yeah? Yeah. A lot of luck. That somebody, somewhere thought about this, then people built around it. But there's a lot of things that, assets that we have as a country that I think we can really, really optimize to grow the economy, to create right. opportunities for people. So, like what, for example? If Man, there's a lot. Number one asset that we have is the post office. That's a huge asset. That should be an engine of e-commerce, not just Kenya but Africa mm-hmm. just like the way the u s post, post office yeah,
0: has they re- refitted itself to you, th- the you infrastructure think of, you think that. about the
1: post office in Kenya you know one it has got a distribution totally. it has a tra- trust trust yeah. but you can build a trust right. it's a hundred year old institution right. you know the people have a way in which they can send something, collect it, store it pick it up, that exists. Uh, so if you're thinking about, you know, there's a lot of e-commerce in Kenya that is driven by, you think about, uh, they call them aggregators, you know, I mean, the poster should be the ultimate aggregator. Yeah, probably, that's probably not going to happen, just because <laughs> no, it's just, behind that thing, you know, you, know, you, know, you know, so maybe it's you up to it, you and I, then, then, it. then it should be the link between, you know, the deliveries uh, the border border guys should, you know, probably be connected to a post office where they can deliver and have this whole logistics hub. But you know. do, you, do you realize? I mean, think um, about think about the mindset, right? Not, not. I mean, you and I know this is a fact. Yes, but I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not dealing I'm not dealing with with the mindset. I'm just saying these are the assets we have. The potential. <laughs> Other assets we have, for example, Camry Camera is a huge asset. And actually, when I think about Emzave in our early years, a lot of the business we did was medical research. And so when we're when we're looking at our business and seeing the opportunity, and you see how much money researchers, the US, the collab, so so something like Cambridge relies on collaborations with uh, actually a big chunk of it is funded by the US Army. Interesting. Yeah, US Army. In fact, a lot of Cambridge employees work for the US Army. You know, then you have CDC. Those are research collaborators. Then with you the CDC? have. I think the British Commonwealth development. Oh, okay. So you see that one. Some CDC, and then there's a lot of this US Center of Disease Control. Because what happens? Oh, the is,
0: disease control guys, okay, all right.
1: There are okay. illnesses that are global and they have to do research, but because for scientists in the U.S., it's more lucrative for them to deal with cancer. Right, There's, so they outsource this. <laughs> so uh... things like malaria, the, the very few people in the U.S. care about that, yeah. you know, but the U.S. Army goes and fights everywhere in the world, so they have to be... So ah. things like Leish, leishmaniasis, you know, it's common in, in the Middle East. So when they were fighting there, they had to do a lot of research and find the medicines here in Kenya, for instance. Interesting. But that's, I mean, this is just, uh, but if you think about wider scale, there's a nucleus where we can create a whole biotech industry. Yeah, yeah. But who's thinking about those things? That's just one. You're looking at uh, even just the financial system. You know, it can be the nucleus for. Obviously, it's happening fintech in Africa, but it's not very intentional. Like, say, hey, we are going to be the centers for this. Well, wow.
0: how, how, let me ask you a question. This is important. So, so obviously, we know it's a mindset thing, mm-hmm. right? Part of it is exposure. If you were to, if you had one a magic wand, or or wish list mm-hmm. of the one thing you would move, right, to get this reality starting to move in the direction, of the world, what's the thing you would
1: change? I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's like I don't know.
1: I, I don't know. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying not to I, I think one of the things is um that I've learned is and, and that keeps me going is uh not to be cynical. I but think cynic, you, cynicism you, can yeah. can finish you, especially if you're an an entrepreneur, you can't be cynical. So because it's, it's if, you, cynical, be, for example, if so I start telling you, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's this opportunity here. We could have done this. Mm. Then you start, you start multiplying it by. Okay, it's one, two. Then after that, it's like, man, there's just too much shit that we not uh, cannot do. That is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you end up going into that cyclical cycle. Cycle, you know. So yeah, there's many things we can do, but uh, sometimes you try to focus on, on the things you can do. And, and I learned that. When I moved to Kenya, I mean, and some experiences, like, I used to take Matatu mm-hmm. every time, and you know, sometimes you encounter things that are just unjust, wrong, you know. The, the, I, I, my fear, this guy refused to give me change or just changed me or something. And for me, it was like, it's not about the tenbo. This is my change. This is, I literally one time got into a fight over tenbo. <laughs> But it was me. But I'm looking around, and people are looking like, "This is a this guy is crazy," you know. It's a principle of the thing. But it's a principle of the thing. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna have to choose my battles. You can choose your battles, man. <laughs> For real. You know, I'm not I'm not religious or in any sense of the way or you know. But I, I think the one thing that resonated with me was this. They call it the Serenity Prayer. Mm. Grand, uh, is good? To... me the <laughs> the God you know. Pray. The things that I can change, and accept the things that I can't. The wisdom, the yeah. wisdom. Yeah. yeah. So like, okay, this, these things. No, this one is deeper than I'm gonna have to spend my whole life trying to change that. Yeah. And there are people whose life mission is to do that, yeah. and I'll support them. Mm-hmm. You know. But this other thing, I can I can focus on my energies and be able to make mm. a change around that.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, you gotta pick and choose your battles. you yeah. know, know your strengths. Yeah. Uh, everybody's yeah. called to, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. to do different things. But now, back to kind of like, so, if we could just summarize, so, what did you take away from your experience in New Mexico? And then what you that,
1: that's, that's how I learned to write software and, and really get into, I mean, I built, we built this system for electronic data interchange. Uh, I learned about Linux. We actually, I mean, back, you know, I'm, I'm probably putting a date on how old I am, is we were downloading Linux, and you would have to download at almost 56 kb. 56 images, so you can put them on a floppy disk, so that you can then install them on a computer and it will take you the whole day. You put a (laughs) floppy disk, you start formatting Mm. format the hard drive. Disk 1, disk 2, disk 3, disk 50. Oh, that one is corrupted.
0: Oh, damn. Okay.
1: But it was an interesting thing. Being early in the in the world of Linux and seeing the whole community, the tech community at that time working with you know, building just called a, a bulletin board system, you're building your own the early version of ISPs. Pretty much when you're building an ISP you used to have to modems and you put the modems you have a phone line, you have, you put modems and you have you know, it hands. So when somebody calls in You know, Mm. and then you get on the BBS and then you can go online. And actually, even at that point, I was in the US, but I could see that there were some people in Kenya who were online at the time. Interesting. There were some people (laughs) in Kenya who were already online, who are, I don't know who they are, but uh, where they are, but I could see because the way the internet was, there was a lot of nodes around the. Globe, yeah, and so in Africa there were very few nodes, but there were people in Kenya who were on the internet at the time, and, you know I never got in touch with them, but I could see, hey, here's a server based in Kenya, probably it was the UN or something, yeah. But probably. there were people in yeah. Kenya at that time who were already online, and I'm talking about this is ninety three, ninety four, damn, you know. So 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 fast forward to then you moved. How did you move out? So obviously company? I'm working, and, uh, and and you know my primary job role is not necessarily to be software engineer i was a machinist and then uh, gradually i moved into the logistics part of the business so but i was still developing software because to make it to to make my work easy which is you know for the manufacturing try to develop my like, in-house i didn't even know they called them erps but i built the software for that mm. you know like at that time just solving problems basically. just solving problems that time you're using visual basic because oh i can use this mm-hmm, yeah. you know it was still early in the game at that time for vb um, you know, just solving problems, with, with that was not my main job, so I, the company, I think, we got new investors and we had to move it. I told you I was managing logistics. So, so how long to... were you at the company for, you clearly, you... I was, I mean, I said, I was there, I was doing these things when I was a teenager, by the way, I was eighteen, nineteen. Uh, so uh, then we moved the factory to Reno, Nevada, because okay. we had an investor who bought the company, yeah. So. We packed the whole factory into trucks. you know, um, man. We, we, that's the, the son of the one of the, the son of the owner drove one truck. I drove the next truck, and shh, we landed, set up. Now there's a lot of learnings in that area because, so part of the you know in the U.S. or I guess even anywhere in the world, you just don't open a warehouse, put a factory in there, and start business. You have to get your permits. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to the you know the city. Mm-hmm. The city, the permit process—you go to right. the hearing of the city council. Right. You know, you get signatures from people in the neighborhood. But I, I, I learned a lot because also what happened in that period of time. Uh, so, what I learned is a lot of local government in the U.S. is really driven by the number one thing they're trying to do is increase the tax base. Mm-hmm. How can we get businesses set up here to create jobs, increase the tax base, and also they're always trying to increase the property values. I mean, when you're in, 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 in conversations with the city authorities, that is the number one thing they're always talking about, mm. to, you know, increase the jobs, to increase the tax base, increase property values because if the property values go up, they increase increase their tax base. That's all the conversation they talk about. So they also had this Economic Development Association of Western Nevada. So I am a 19-year-old and I'm called, oh, we want you to become part of this, you know, because we're trying to grow the business environment in in, in this Northern northern Nevada. It was like, wow, I felt... But it was a learning experience because right. even at that point, though, trying to see the ecosystem of not just... At that time, I'm not thinking startups, I'm not thinking about... Mm. just talking, hey, this is a business you're building, and mm. this whole government process that supports that mm. and how that works it was really eye-opening for me at that, at that age. Mm. Um, anyway, so we set up the factory and we kept running it, but I've, I've always been involved... So, obviously, I got into this subculture of technology, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, so if you think about in the 90s, the big things was PCs, and you you would find that um, people were getting on, uh, buying computers, home computers, uh, getting online, you know. So, in terms of the ideas and the adventures and the things you were experimenting with, uh, one, hey, your friend needs a computer. You order all the parts and assemble it for them mm. because if they go online to Dell get expensive. it's too expensive. Yeah, I remember that. So that yeah. was a, a side hustle that was pretty common. We like, okay. used to build computers for people. Right. You know, wow. And then, uh, so you start, start understanding the whole supply chain: who, where do you get these motherboards? Where do you get this memory from? You start understanding a lot of that stuff. Mm. Then also, it was also the era of of when electronics, you know, like. The CDs, the DVDs and all that stuff, so you start seeing how all, that, all those things are put together, so you could actually call get parts and actually build your own CD player if you Amazing. really wanted to Amazing. You know? yeah. So that was the, the, the environment that I was in, and at some time now the whole .com thing is bubbling up this Netscape. Now the first browser I remember is when my friend at University of New Mexico came to me and was like, "Man, there's this interesting thing." You know, he brought some floppy drives, and he had to, I think it was, it was very interesting because he had to install the software first, then install the browser. It was two places. I mean, I think when I think about it, it was really, really complicated. Right. You know. And anyway, so that was that era. And then after a while, it's like, you know, obviously, I outgrew working at that place. I went to, I was still trying to focus on going to school, so I said, okay, let me, Spent some time um, in school, so I enrolled at University of Nevada Reno to try to keep my, you know, you know, you always have that guilt about finishing school. Yeah. you know, <laughs> but gotcha. again, I got drawn into the whole uh, software part, which was education. Uh, so what happened because the state of Nevada is huge? They had this remote learning. Centers where they didn't have teachers, but they used to be able to stream lectures. So I got involved in building, building that, and um, and you know just involved in the whole e-learning and the early stages of that. And at that point, I was, I mean, I was doing software, but I was never, I was not getting paid as a software developer. Then at some point, I remember getting a random call from the Bay Area, Mm -hmm. from from San Francisco. Hey. Uh, hey, we got your name from a database. We are hiring people. Do you want to come? Yeah, i like, that all sounds good. I said, yeah. how much are you paying? They told me that amount. <laughs> you packed <popped> your bags. <laughs> I didn't even submit my... Uh, uh, Resignation? <laughs> okay, I resigned. But my apartment and everything, I said, you know what? I'll take care of this later. I <laughs> so funny. got on a plane and... Boom. boom. I, 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 and, you know reported my job at HP. Nice. (laughs) Which was in San Jose or HP in Palo Alto. Palo Alto. So now that's when my life in the Bay Area started. So it was now at the peak of the dot com, the first dot com boom, you know, it was like all this company. Everybody's just excited and everybody has an idea and you know. Uh, so yeah I went to work for HP. It wasn't really it was still a well-known tech company at the time, a desirable place, yeah. but also there are many learnings in, in that process because they hired me to develop some software in-house, but when I went there, I realized that I wasn't really where the action was. Ah, yeah. You are in, in the
0: warehouse, if you will, but, you know, people were the... Uh, I was
1: developing software <laughs> to serve... The community of HP employees, yeah? Yeah. That's not... Not cool. necessarily... <laughs> developing the products that they sell yeah, involving yeah. the product that they sell you're not in the uh, front line at all Yeah. so it was kind of but compared to where I was and what they were paying me it was it was a move ahead yeah but then the project they actually gave me to work on was some software to manage the relocation global relocation re- relocations because these big companies have people all over the world and so it's a whole logistics of moving people like from you know hey, we have an office, this guy has been promoted, he needs to move to France, this person in France, I'm in mean, Palo Alto, you know, so they had this software, this which had all these approvals. So working on software actually gave me access to, and you know, I thought I was getting paid very well. <laughs> then I saw what people are getting paid, I was like, what? <coughs> no. <laughs> Reality check. <laughs> no, you know, so it's kind of like, you know. So anyway, I, I think at that point, the dot com boom was high. How much do you want? Now we'll give you some amount of money. But you know, you might want to decide that you don't want to work at a place. You right. just don't want. You no amount of money will yeah, yeah. change your mind. So I actually went to work on uh, for a different. I don't know what uh, what it is about education that always drew me in. Interesting. I went to work for uh, some this university in 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 San, in San Francisco that was experimenting with an e learning platform. This e-learning theme is kind of following you around. Yeah, yeah but I'll come back to it, mm. you know. They were experimenting with this thing, and they, you know. Obviously, most people, they were not they were having a hard time finding people because of .com and everybody was on, wanted to work with Yeah, them nobody wanted company, to work at a university doing e-learning. That's not yeah. interesting. And actually, when I f- filled in the application, you know. Actually, the funny thing is, when I went uh, for the interview, I actually met somebody that knew my brother from Kenya who was working, who was a student there, and he was like, wow. When I saw this name, it looked familiar, but I just said, oh. you know, the world is big. you he know, me, man, this guy thought you were from Eastern Europe or something. <laughs> That's why they even called you for an interview. Oh! <laughs> that name, your name. I was like,
0: what? Yeah. So, so anyway, you, uh,
1: but, anyway, I worked there, it was nice and everything, but we developed this... Careful. Probably a year, two years, okay. but we developed this software, which uh, so literally that doubled the intake of the university. Wow! Like, you know, if the intake of the university was five thousand, they suddenly had five thousand more international students, mostly from Asia. Mostly from Nigeria? For Asia, Asia, or oh, Asia? Asia. Okay. Asia. All right. okay, And like, I was sitting here, and I'm, dude. I'm responsible for doubling. You're moving the needle. The intake of this university. So, what did that do for you mentally? How did you? I wasn't. I mean, I didn't. I was excited about building something that has is having an impact. Right. You know, I was excited about being on the front lines of interesting technology. Right. And the good thing there was had a lot of, had a lot more freedom. Okay. To do stuff. Because, Which school was this? Uh, yeah. you so it was called uh, Golden Gate University. Golden Gate. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. They, they do law. Low. Yeah, law, Business, yeah. Okay. Uh, there are some undergrad courses too, okay. but yeah, so I mean that was, it was very exciting, but now, here's what, building all that, I was like, I started using the same code base to build a social network,
0: <laughs> so you could I have built, been the
1: guy. <laughs> I, I built a social network, what was it called? It's called mlevi.com. You're the mlevi guy? Yeah, I built that. Shit, no, Oh, you know that? Dude, that thing was big at some point, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I, I used the same code base that I was using to build this e learning platform. Mlevi.com, my goodness. To, to dude, the, that thing was the, big in the States, man. Now, the thing about it is that when I look back, I mean, it kept on evolving, but everything that Facebook did does or does today is. You are doing that shit, isn't it, bro? I built that. Yo,
0: man, this is crazy. <laughs> this, is a, this is a reveal right you now. Know, Who knows this about you? You're the Mlevi guy? yo and you know what i remember thinking because I, I i never got under it yeah because i was like yeah i'm levy's weak it's it's like a. I didn't identify with me
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> me neither but you know where did the name so, come from my friend i built this and uh, the branding was actually my friend my friend's his name is leo Lee Leo Fire? It. Yeah. So oh, we, I I've read Lee Leo Fire. Jesus So we, we built this together. <laughs> he was more on the branding side and the whatever. But I remember we'd sit, I'd be here, and I'd be on the phone, then say, OK, I'm driving down to LA. Because he lived in LA at the time. So we'd, I'd drive down, and we'd walk on some shit, and say, OK, we're launching you know, something new. And But it was, you know, it was just that excitement. You know, we wake up, and then we had a counter day. Yeah. At some point, we had, OK. Those numbers don't look big today, but at that time they were huge. We had 15,000 people, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that's, that's, we had 15,000 people, it, you know, for me it was interesting because I, at that point I was in America, but I was not really tied into the Kenyan community. Interesting. So yeah. this but, was, but Leo was very much,
0: was he
1: more tied into that? I more mean, tied, especially in L LA area, but me personally, so that was my first, you know, all this time I'd been in the U.S. almost nine, ten years. And this was my first encounter of, hey, okay, there's actually a community of Kenyans here in the U.S. Mm. But also that thing was not happening in, in isolation because there are not there were, at that time there were other, quote unquote, social networks. Yeah, yeah, Black Planet and Comet yeah, Club yeah. and, you know, those interesting things. But I think we're on the front lines of you something are the big. Line. Now, th- th- there's some lessons I learned from that in mm. the sense that, um, so... People would come to us and say, man, you guys are so talented, you need to go solve a bigger problem. Who are these people? Just all, all the Kenyans at the time who were in the tech field or all okay. the, you know. So there was even at that time, there was just no linkage. I mean, some, sometimes it's, it, shows, it, it sounds weird, but I was in Silicon Valley, I was in the Bay Area. You were in the heartbeat, but you are not connected. But you're not connected. Exactly, that's and, Silicon even, Valley experience. Even even that connection, even, even there are people who, not just Africans, people of color, whatever, or minorities who are there, but you, there's there's levels to this. There's right? levels to this game. So you got into Google when Google. Was, you're not part of that story no. that <laughs> hey, when we were in the garage or when we had this shark, right. we were just here. Right. You're there when okay. Now we had a formal process. You put in your application. That's how they hired you. So you're different. You're a different race. <laughs> you're a different. You came in at a different level. <laughs> you you're not that you uh, through the the rough times or quote unquote the rough times. Mm. You know. So, um, but there was just nobody out there who could see that, wow, this there's something, thing yeah. can actually be big. Or well, people are saying that this thing is actually, this is nice, but it's useless, you know. Right, there's no commercial value. And, and there's somebody, you know, there's a famous quote about, you know, the future comes looking like a toy, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I see it a lot here when you find some people working on something and People will trash it like right. oh, this. Guy's not serious. It's not a real business, right, right, right. you know. Instead of saying, "Okay, this is something interesting. Are people using this thing? Right. Are people interested in this thing? Okay, how can we make it bigger? How can we flip the thing?" You know. So what so, happened to me? So this is so fascinating. So what happened? It just died because there was, you know, at that time, server space. The cost of maintaining that thing was yeah, huge. Yeah, there you was know, no AWS. Or you anything know, like this. I was lucky; I had a job in in San Francisco that was paying me well. So that's how I was keeping it going. You know? Yeah. So you're carrying and feeding of the beast. Yeah. You? Yeah. You know? I, and truthfully, it was just a fun project yeah, for me. Yeah. You know? That's so But cool. it would have been nice if I was able somebody was to say, okay, wow, we can make this thing big. Dude, you could have been the, the first social network <laughs> for Africa,
0: bro, for, for, for diaspora. Africa, for
1: the world. <laughs> for the even, even I used <laughs> to show my friends who I was working with at the office, they were like, wow, can you create something like this for my group? Yeah, can you create this something? Is this, WhatsApp and you know? <laughs> I mean, people were asking me like, "How can you create an, a version of this for me?" Wow! You know? Wow! It's just that nobody thought about how can this actually be, you know, a commercial product. Oh, you my desktop just... at that time was just limited because you know. Also, the thing about it's like, It was desktop driven too, and all this. It, no, this was all online. But the thing is, but before, is like, it was not mobile at the time. Like we uh, know it today. Yeah, it, but even Facebook came, came before before mobile. mobile. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know. So that was that was my okay. Obviously, I'd done all the small things previously, but you know, when I look back, it's like wow, this this was it's a key learning thing in terms of my experience and what is possible and what can what how things can evolve. And that counter, you just need some counterintuition about what this could be. So every time I hear people telling somebody, "Man, this is not." Is is worthless? You're know, wasting time. Go solve a real problem, and it happens a lot here in Africa, where people want you to go solve issues of employment, you know, food, uh, hunger. You know, that's what excites people. <laughs> right? But, you know, I I think we people should be able to be frivolous. I mean, we're human beings. So, so here's the thing. That's that's a very important point,
0: right? Like, if you look at uh, in the Bay Area, right? Like, yeah. people have developed the. I guess you would call it almost like a healthy respect and regard for the unknown, right? Like who knows what can happen. Over here Mm -hmm. again, it's like you gotta ground yourself in reality. And it goes all the way back to go go to school, get a good education, get a good job. And this very conservative, which doesn't there's no audaciousness, right? Mm -hmm. Is how I would kind of characterize that, right? Like so People are kind of held down. I mean, even young people's imaginations are kind of told, ah, that's not going to work yeah. across so
1: many different dimensions, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's very limiting, right, yeah. in terms of yeah. potential. Yeah. So, actually, funny thing is, when I had Levy, there's, there's a guy here, a friend of mine, he owns mm. a chain of gyms right now. Mm. He was, I mean, we created this network of friends who are all over the US who we had never met. And I, I can quote some of them who are involved in tech today. So there's a friend of mine called Duncan. We talked and he said, oh, I'm going to put a video streaming thing on Levy. So he actually had a live video where he was streaming. He would stream his, his living room on Levy. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. You guys were ahead of the so time. He, he moved out Kenya, had a tech company, and he still has it, and uh, also is one of the owners of, uh, of Smart gyms. Mm-hmm. you know, Duncan. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the people who actually was a member or a user of Mlevi is uh, Liko, Liko from... Acosta yeah. Yeah, yeah. From Interesting. You Interesting. Know, and I'd never, I'd, I didn't, I'd never met Liko until I came to Kenya. <laughs> but to we, 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 we had had conversations online on, through Mlevi. Do did, did you see, did know years. what you're describing and This, is, this yeah. could be the, the PayPal Mafia or Mlevi Mafia. <laughs> I don't know but yeah it's
0: just interesting <laughs> if you know. it took off right like, yeah, yeah, but I don't like
1: looking it's it's a fun thing to look back and say yeah, yeah it was fun but again people said okay you need to go do something serious and, and so then you know I was working uh, I had saved some money then I decided to quit my job and go do something serious <laughs> uh, now that's a whole other okay so on this I said okay what is the thing that What's the serious thing? thing. <laughs> so I decided to go say, okay, we can go build a, a music platform. So we decided to build a music platform. You and I was still working with Leo. I was still working <laughs> with, with Leo. Uh, I was still working with Leo at the time. And so we said, uh, we built build this software that, you know, basically, uh, I think at that time... It was the time was, of that was, streaming thing, was, that, that, what was that called? The, uh, yeah, uh, there was Napster. Napster. Uh, and all those. Yeah. But also... Um, Netflix was on the scene and you know remember Net- Netflix used to send CDs used yeah, to deliver CDs yeah, yeah, yeah. so we thought oh wow uh, we can create a custom CD compilation service you go to our website select songs compile a CD then and we it ship it to you ship to you <laughs> we built a thing we experimented you click and it printed a CD with your songs and boom so it's like wow we got we've built this we can have a business so I took my savings I'd saved, luckily I'd saved some money and you know, started, but then moved. the day I quit, is I realized, that, man, I think I made a big mistake. Here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because the US is like a, a taxi. You know, it's like just that can't... meter runs every day. <laughs> you know, if you had ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, whatever, at the end of the month, it's the rent is due. It's your fifteen hundred dollars less. Right. right. <laughs> and it just and those months move very very fast. Right. <laughs> Very fast. Oh, uh-huh. Man. So, we built this thing, and um, so, also, on. you know, I was always involved in, in, in music and entertainment, specifically a lot of reggae, you know. So mm-hmm. I knew these guys in Sacramento who have a huge catalog of, you know, but at the same time I completely didn't understand the licensing part of it. Mm-hmm. I just said, these guys have a ton of music. You know, they yes, can just give me, so a can just digitize it and put it, you know. <laughs> and so I started talking with them and they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when they said, this is real, this is real. I said, no, no, there's all this copyright stuff that needs to be done. And you need all these lawyers." And I was like, whoa, too big. No, but we had another friend in LA who also had a, a music label, you know. And, you know, he goes and he had all, you know, reggae is all about 45s, mm-hmm. and dark plates. Mm-hmm. So he had all those, okay, great. So he tells us okay, great. I have this. I have an office on Sunset. You can work from here, you know. So it's like, okay, now we have this space on Sunset. I still have my apartment in, in the Bay Area. But I said, okay, I'm going to spend a few months in Los Angeles trying to get this going on. So we have this space in, on Sunset Boulevard. And um, this guy has his, his record label, but the reality is that all this stuff was everywhere. It was not organized, well cataloged. But he says, hey, "Here, there's, there's music here. You can just digitize it and, and sell on your on your system." You know? And then you're sitting there like, "Okay, yes, there's music here. Now we have a website. How do we get?" I mean, it was just. And every every day you wake up morning, yeah, the money goes down. Wow, you don't have a business. Obviously, even the fini- the product is not finished. Finished, right. refining it. Right. And um, at the same time, my partner at the time was was going through some stuff. He decided also to move back to Kenya. So we kind of, I said, okay, great, maybe. When was this now? What was some in the mid two thousand, early two thousands, uh, about two thousand and three or two thousand four. So I was like, okay, you come here. Just, probably you go find a market there. So he comes to Kenya, and his career takes a whole different trajectory. <laughs> and this is Leo. Yeah, he he ended up being on radio or something, you know. But, but he's back in the states. Yeah, he went back, but he he did. He was in Kenya for a while and okay. he was working in radio. That's his life took a different trajectory. So I'm here trying to to get this thing going. He's, I mean, I think he'll, just many things going on. So that venture actually failed, but there's a lot of lessons learned in 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 that. Dude, you've um, done a few things, man. I'm, this is this is awesome. <laughs> but okay, when when I look back at those things, I had no clue what we we're doing. Of course, but damn, I you're knew, doing this. No clue, but there's a lot of lessons learned. Even even in the, in the in the in the LA thing, there are things that we did that when I look back, I just smile. Like this guy who had given us an office. and um, we We're running out of money, so now how do we? So it was. Okay, we're running out of money. We need to make money. So we lose focus. It's two things. I was always involved in music. So there are these DJs from Japan, some reggae DJs. It's called Mighty Crown. Mm. You, know, mm. and, you know, I got connected to them and said, hey, we can do a show in, the, in San Francisco. Mm. And so we did a show in San Francisco and it was very successful. So we did that, have some money, which can keep us going for a few more, a few more months. But we got a and like, okay, we can do this show in L.A. Man, so we, no, I don't know about L.A., So, but we got a booking and everything. We do a show in L.A., it's very successful. We have the money, we so say, okay, we have some money for a few more months. Mm-hmm. But after the show, we got robbed.
0: What?
1: <laughs> but, how? We got robbed at gunpoint. Whoa! Uh, which uh, part we, of
0: LA is this? <laughs> East
1: LA, baby! It was... Uh, which part, I don't quite remember which part of LA it was. Damn!
0: But... Um, so t- somebody was just waiting for you guys It too. was a security guys, really. It... No, it was
1: not even... It was a security guy that hey... My man, yeah. give me that money. <laughs> Straight up! You know, so... At the end of that, is like, I was out of money. Everything was, you know, I didn't... Wow! I, I, Try to put money into this other thing so I can get money to this other thing. It won't work out. The guy we're working with literally said, Okay, you guys need money. He pointed out some boxes and said, This is weed. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Go figure out how you can, you know. (laughs) Anyway, that story died. that, no, it's, that, that company a, exists. a story here, man. That what company that company exists as a website, as an entertainment website today. Which I don't, I, I'm not really involved in it. The one you set up? The, or? the music company. It exists. It still exists as a website. What do they? As a website, but like a website. Somebody else runs it. I, you know. What? Did, what do they do? This is a website about music. That is, that's it. It's a blog actually. <laughs> Somebody else runs it.
0: Hold up, dude. <laughs> So, what happened
1: to the weed, though? Huh? The weed, what happened? man? Uh, that's a different story. I don't really want to tell into <laughs> the details of that, but yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of lessons learned into that in terms of, one of the things I learned is, is that I said to myself, if I ever do something around technology or startup, one, uh, at that time, I'm, I'm learning how the system works. It's like, hey, it seems like everybody who's in this space is at a top university, They're mm-hmm. at Stanford, Harvard, Harvard, Stanford, whatever. They're lucky now from Berkeley and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They also learned that if you want to really do a startup, you need to be, the support system is key. Uh, like, um, cause that, that led me down to a spiral because after that I was gang, out of money, you know, out of, you know, when you've been out of the work, out of the job space for more than more than a year become very hard to get back in mm. because like where have you been mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. technology changes so fast Oh, now people who are on Java is a big thing now people are talking hey you know Python what do you mean you don't know you know <laughs> you don't have experience in <laughs> They're asking you new questions like, "What is? Do you know this framework? Like, what what do you mean this new framework? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you've come from a, from, yeah, a, from yeah. a cave. <laughs> and then also, you know, the other thing yeah. I also learned was that if you're building, if you're build, trying to build a startup, and you're the one who's building the technology, there's a good chance it's gonna fail. If you're the 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 key engineer and the 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 owner of the idea. Mm-hmm. I don't follow here. No, you, you're probably going to fail. What do you be- mean? Because uh, people are going to be waiting for you to give birth to this baby so that you can move. Like, okay, I'm building X, okay, I have one, two, three people who, who believe in it, you know? Who are these two, one, two, three people? They're your co-founders, your partners, you know? Mm. So you, you need to deliver pro- product Y. Okay. so that these guys can go out and sell, sell it you know so unless the two of you are really really insane but I, I think if you're the guy building that thing you need to Now you could be the guy girl who, who knows how it's built but you need to quickly find somebody to build it so that you can do what so that you can carry the vision otherwise you'll find the vision is so much in your head because you're concerned about building it daily Dude, like, this may be a sequencing thing, man. Like, I'm struggling to understand. Maybe it's a stage. If, if you're the engineer and the visionary, you need to transition fast into become either the visionary and some... The product guy? You, you, need, you need to take that vision and give it to somebody else to help you build it as soon as possible. Otherwise, it's not going to move.
0: So, okay. And maybe it's a bit... It can become a little bit more... We we can get into the weeds here, but you gotta have at least have an MVP. Yeah, you can build right? an MVP. So at what point can you say? Okay. As soon as possible. What once, does that
1: mean? When like, that MVP starts. Once you have so the traction. I what? think the first thing you need to find is find somebody to help you build it. So you want somebody. So you can to go build a business. Fair enough. So you want somebody?
0: Yeah. You want to build a, a team that will take the 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 features. Yeah. Right. That you've whiteboarded. Yeah. Right. As you complete the product. Mm-hmm. You need to build your engineering organization. Yeah, at least two or three people. Yeah, you need to. That that thing you're building has to transcend you. Okay, fair enough. Do you think a lot of people
1: fail to make that move, or why are you saying that right now? Yeah, people, That's a lesson yeah, that you. That's, a, that's 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 difficult, and I think it comes down to being comfortable hiring people, or maybe comfortable uh, in the code too. Yeah. Maybe being comfortable with with your. It's two say. Cave. It, it can be two cents. but you have to be very comfortable. Letting go, letting go, or also paying people to do other things for you. I, I think, think the super so, so so the superpower here is like, hey, uh, you need to be very comfortable. The idea of, uh, when you are in the early stage, the whole idea of hiring somebody is very very scary because you're thinking, I don't have money, I'm gonna pay somebody to do this. I could do it myself. I can do it myself. And save 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 the money money. I don't have. You know, but you could think about it as like, or or even when you're trying to hire, somebody's thinking about, I need to hire somebody. Um, Okay, I'm going to pay this person. Let's say, if you say, I'm going to pay them 100,000. In my mind, I'm thinking, I need 1.2 million to hire someone, because you're thinking about, 12 months. 12 months, yeah. But you can look at it like, oh, I need to hire somebody for three months. You know? I'll figure it out after And <laughs> figure it out. By that time, it'll give me time to go find that customer. Uh-huh. And probably now start so that's, creating.
0: So being comfortable so, without... I think you've hit a very, very important mm-hmm. point here, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to have everything mapped out 12 to 18 months down the road. Yeah. You just need to say, you know, what we need to get to three months? Three but months, being realistic. But also being able to...
1: Transcend yourself. Like, find ways as soon as possible to get this thing from being so tightly linked to you in what you know in your head. Amen. Like, how do? You, how soon can you get manifested me? in the world? Yeah, manifested to other people. Yeah, and to the
0: world. So, w- when did you? En- Dude, we have gotta wrap up here. I, here's the thing: we need to bring you back for part two because we haven't even gotten to the. You're still we're still in mid two thousand right now, and you're doing <laughs> some amazing stuff. <laughs> but your story is fascinating. We need to bring you back for part two, mm-hmm. so now we can talk about the reentry. Your whole your journey is crazy yeah. because it's got all these amazing, I mean, revelations of cool yeah. stuff. And yeah. I think the, the the audience can learn a lot from you. But in terms of just kind of wrapping up here, let's talk a little bit about now. Um, uh, you know, what is what are some of the top lessons you've learned? And I think you're, you're hitting on them right now. So one is transcend yourself early. Yeah. And I
1: think for me is, uh, I also learned that it was going to be almost impossible for me to build a startup in the U.S. because I didn't have, right now it seems easy because they have a lot of systems in place. They have accelerators, they have all these hubs that are there to create a support system, to help uh, people from non-traditional backgrounds to start startups. But I think the most important thing is having, so, doing startups is a privilege. It's, it's, and specifically, if you're talking about, you're trying to create a venture-funded, I mean, you, anybody can start a small business, but if you're trying to start one, a business, or something that is trying to find, because a startup is an experiment. Day one, mm. so it, you have to have a luxury to be able to experiment and to experiment with your life, essentially, and other people's lives too. Mm-hmm. And that that that's a luxury of having either you have some money someone, uh-huh. you have a support system, mm-hmm. uh, and or yeah, so you so have either money or support system. And that support system either is 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 you have you you know that you know tomorrow I'm not going to go hungry. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. i have a shelter. Right. If worse comes and, to worse, I'll and be And that be doesn't good. mean that it has to be, you know, super rich. You have a mansion. Whatever. But you won't be homeless. But you just know that you 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 have somebody who got your back. So let's
0: talk about this, man. Let's tie this back to kind of like our society here, yeah. right? So doing a startup, like a real, not a small business, a yeah. company that can scale, yeah. right,
1: is a privilege. Yeah. An idea that's looking for a business model, really, right. uh, so how does that affect our ability to create these things? It, it creates difficult, but this, this, it doesn't mean it's impossible. Because again, it doesn't mean that you have to be super rich. It just means that... So for example, when I moved to Kenya, the person who supported me in terms of trying to get started was my brother. My brother told me, Hey, uh, I know you haven't been here for many years, but you just go do your thing, I got you. So that was my first investor. That investment was not necessarily monetary. it's just that mental investment I in me, you. like telling me, "Don't worry, do your thing. You'll be okay. Yeah. You'll be okay. Don't worry. Go, go, go. Do your thing. It's not money, you know. So there are levels of that, obviously. Mm-hmm. There is that mental investment mm-hmm. where somebody has, has moral, support, moral support, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then the, the monetary support, mm-hmm. you know. Then there is the financial support. So there, are those opportunities at different
0: levels. And, and the other thing too is, is 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 also kind of like finding right partners to work with. That's a big
1: one, right? Yeah, that's the right, right partners. I mean, we're having, uh, especially, uh, you know, when, when I think about how people traditionally have businesses, like, hey, I have this idea, you have 50% I have 50%. Mm-hmm. But people's lives change and their goals change, you know, like from me this thing which was exciting for me in 2019, in 2020 may not be excited for me, mm-hmm. but because you own fifty percent. We are trapped. Mm. Yeah. The alignment problem—it's yeah. a big one too. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, I, I think. But you can you can th- solve th- that th- can be nowadays, right. But, or but like that. people did you not know these are things that are surfacing. The internet is helping, in spreading that knowledge. Right. But uh, but even even those things, as much as it's online, it's hard. hard. I mean, if you go find try to get a lawyer in Kenya who can explain that to you, <laughs> they don't know. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not uh even them they're getting up to speed yeah well yeah we're all getting up to speed we're all getting up to speed even somebody like me who's been in this for a while all these things every day there's something new i'm
0: learning but you know what you're describing man you're describing the entire friction that lies between somebody who's young right without who's talented yeah who's hungry yeah and the actualization of getting zero to one going from zero to one Right? There's so many barriers to yeah. here that in the States they've kind of, in a very real sense, kind of yeah. smooth streamlined them. Yeah. I think we're trying here. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, I don't know what your view is, but yeah. I, I, I think there's, a, there's progress that's being made. My question is is it reaching the real talent? Because I feel like there's two conversations happening, you know, mm. there's two parallel universes here. Because yeah. if you're a KU grad, for example, yeah. Or a UN grad, and you don't have those networks again, mm-hmm. right? Because no, yeah. the startup is a privilege, even here, right? There's certain yeah.
1: networks, you know? Well, uh, yes, I would say that, but I think I, I, I don't want to go back and say because those networks or the networks that exist in Kenya are not necessarily networks to help people do startups. Okay? But so, so, wait we're, a minute. We are creating, of, you know, that, that we're creating the, the, those opportunities. So, right you can't say that there's uh, a, a group of people who are insiders and they know these Yo, things. Yo, my
0: they, man, I'm telling you right now, there is. Let but me ask you a question.
1: In the big scheme of
0: things, all these things are new. Yes, but there are still those, those ne- they may not be local networks. Okay,
1: I'm trying to put it at the local level, but I understand understand the dynamics, the international. No, what I'm saying, no, no, I'm saying
0: operating here, Mm -hmm. non-local. Okay, here's 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 my thing, Louis. The net of it is, it's a marketplace. Yeah, it's a marketplace, right? And so there are, I know this for fact. Yeah, and I'll tell. Maybe I'm so busy working that you don't know (laughs) that I I don't pay attention to. (laughs) There are networks out here that can access capital that can access Resources uh, that have an easier time, somebody saying, Look, I put money into your stuff.
1: This is, come on. Okay, I I think, okay, let me me step back a bit and and think about uh, that. That is there in the same way that somebody can come from any part of the world and tap into the networks that exist there. So it's not... They're part of a network of where they come from. And so even though that, that network eventually starts growing locally or building something locally, but that network, it's it's a global thing or it's local to where they're coming from. You know? And then they're building an extension of that network here. And I think some of these things are going to be There are going to be cycles, you know. There's going to be, hey, then there's going to be one person who's going to have an exit. Who's then going to have to start building their network? So it's not there's one way of looking at it, like talk about how unfair how it's not good or what we can do, but there's another way to say it's like it's a process. These things will get and and, and I'm worried worried to to try not to be cynical. Uh, Let me tell you something.
0: I I appreciate your kind of you know, uh, how would I put it? Like, things will work out. Yeah. But <laughs> for the longest time, uh-huh. if you look at Silicon Valley, right? Uh-huh. Now, right now is when they're dealing with the diversity. Yeah. If somebody 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago uh-huh. said, Yeah, it will work out, you know, it's, the networks will open up. Uh-huh. Networks don't open up. What they do is they have a self reinforcing mechanism of pattern but recognition can, and people will come to You can, you you can
1: say it. that about a lot of things, even within Kenya. Let me give you, you I mean, yeah. your
0: own example. Uh-huh. You are in the Bay, and you know you could never have gotten. You didn't have those networks, and so you built Malavi that could have been big if you had the right access. Maybe that thing could have been big, but you just didn't have it. Now that's behind you. What I'm saying is, what well, I'm I mean, saying it's is not.
1: <laughs> it's still a struggle. It's not. It's not like oh, the fuck they're doing this. Like you, you know, every every all the doors are now. It's still. Oh, I think the only thing that is going to change, that is going to make a huge difference, if, if the major exits and those people, then see how this thing evolves. Otherwise, it's no. They exit They have to be there. Whoever is in the network,
0: whatever, yeah. whatever, that has to be there. The question is, is this right? Like,
1: but okay. This this conversation about in, in investors, investment is not really my specialty. To be quite honest, we haven't even got <laughs> to investors right? of money and all that. I I can really mostly speak about my personal experience, my. Uh, what I've learned through my personal experience, there are things I think can be better. Um, I think that whole thing about capital is almost a whole other dimension. That when I grow up, I might be on that side <laughs> to be able to say, okay, this I'm is I'm not what even talking really about
0: really really so happens. much capital, I think capital is part of the equation. Yeah. I'm just talking about the average person, like you said, doing a startup is a privilege, right? Before we even get to you know what I'm saying?
1: Is okay. And there are levels of privilege. It, there are levels of privilege. And it, 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 I think you also realize uh, it, it's like how many people have the bandwidth to be able to experiment with don't, their lives. Exactly. This, this is what I'm saying. So, so if you look at if,
0: <laughs> the reason why Silicon Valley continues to win is because the young people or whoever, they have the bandwidth. They have the bandwidth. Where does this bandwidth come from? come from? all those support structures they have, yeah. family wealth, whatever, whatever, right? Yeah. We can't afford to drop out of Harvard. Could you afford to drop out of Harvard if you in Harvard? Can I even afford to get into <laughs> <laughs> My point being, if, if you look at now, okay, what are we saying? Because we need a, a quorum of talent that has a shot at yeah. doing something. It's not the, yeah. early on, at least in their life, be exposed yeah. to some of these things in a very real, practical way, yeah. right? So they can learn the skills. They can have a chance. They can, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. If we're not doing that, I don't know how we. I, I feel like there's a missed opportunity. Right? You know, I, a... I, I think,
1: like I said, I'm I'm wired not to be cynical, so I'm always hopeful, Uh or, or I've learned to catch myself not to be cynical. <laughs> how know?
0: how hard do you do that catching, man? <laughs>
1: it's... No, it's. Because I've, 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 okay, if I go back and say, one, you know, remember the earlier conversation about, hey, we have assets that don't work, and then you say, hey, poster, it doesn't work, then you start talk about this other thing, you say one, two, three, then you can start going this, 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 you can start going oh on a level where yeah. at every step there's something that's not working, that is broken, that is, is messed up, and then it becomes like, okay, <laughs> Let me just go home and sleep. Let me just go home and sleep. Well, I'm 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 on the hopeful side. My my
0: point being, and I'm
1: I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to be to be blindly hopeful and trying to be, you know, there's. I understand the realities, but if I can say, speak of my experience through the stages we've been in building a company, uh, it's not just. Me and my co-founder, there's been a team of people. Right. And those people are learning and are part of that journey. There were people from building the software side of the business, building the metrics of the business, the financial metrics, building how we get investment. You know, there are people involved in that. And those people are local Kenyan people. That's awesome. And those people are probably going to work somewhere else. Right. And they're going to use that knowledge and apply that knowledge, you know? So, I can talk, you can see the wider world, but I think for me, I'm looking at, you know, I hope this thing could happen in one year, that we have all these people, we've learned all these things, and then the next thing, you know, but each of those people is going to learn, apply, some of those people are going to go abroad, take some of the knowledge, apply it there, bring it back, network, build these contacts. And just build, build the ecosystem. So from my perspective, is the little that I'm doing, uh, I think is contributing to a bigger picture. Right. Uh, and I also know that there are other companies doing similar things. So all these people, all this knowledge that's being built is going to come together to build this, this network.
0: This is awesome. We should end on that note because that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's that network of people right now that you guys... Mm-hmm. Are taking with you on yeah. this journey?
1: Yeah,
0: and everybody else is taking with yeah. them on this journey. Yeah. So, in 10 years, yeah, or five years, maybe 10 years, yeah. things will look very different, right? Yeah. In terms of, I mean, hopefully, at least, right? Yeah, yeah awesome, <laughs> Mr. Majanja. We need to bring you back for part two so we can hear yeah. the journey of how you and Mr. Kentfield got together. Sure, sure,
1: because I'm sure there's a bunch of. Amazing sure. stories. In there. It's just a tame story. It's just about, hey, we met, we had coffee. We think oh, our minds met and say, let's build. Let's go. It's simple. <laughs> it's not a complicated story. <laughs> but that's, that's, begin- that, that's the beginning, the, the journey, though. Yeah. I think the journey yeah. will be interesting. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for coming through. That was so, awesome. Great.